Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast, episode 71, titled Fortress. Uh, an impressive Wanderers away victory against Carlisle United, where in which Wanderers won 4 1. Zach Ashworth, Paris Magoma, Kyle Dempsey and Nathaniel Ogbetta were on form and on target as the Wanderers picked up three points and what a game it was. So, without further ado, we will get stuck straight into this evening's episode as always. Welcome along, thank you for joining us, get your comments in as we go along, we, uh, we appreciate your contributions and if you are listening back on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, then head over to our socials and all the details for our live shows are there, so for everything you need to know, if you want to get involved, come and say hello, then you can do exactly that. Let's get stuck into this evening's episode. <laughs> So all four of your uh all four of your fan zone co-hosts hosts were in attendance uh yesterday. First uh first outing for us all, I think, in quite a little while. Chris, obviously. It was uh, a pretty impressive performance, but what did you think were was the uh the deciding factor in that game? What was uh, what was different about us than perhaps recent weeks gone by where we might have uh, let that game go? Um, Daniel has answered it for me. So, Daniel, thank you for your comment. It looked like the team had a different energy than they did against Cheltenham and Leighton Orient. Much better on Saturday. I couldn't put it any better myself. It, it it was exactly that. Aside from a slow, sluggish. Well, not, no, no. We we do it often, don't we? When we when when we're in the ascendancy and we're winning by a couple of goals, we do tend to kind of hold our position, um, be quite deliberate, sort of regain some energy and um, go again. Uh, much the same yesterday, but their goal seemed to get us back, back into gear, sort of give us a bit of a kick up the bum. Um, and from that moment, never looked back. Uh, I thought the first half was superb. Really difficult conditions, games where we normally struggle. It were cold, it were windy. It was a very open pitch in terms of the stands around it, made for quite difficult conditions and all that. All the excuses that we used to throw in the mix weren't a factor. Um, and I thought... A lot of plaudits have to be given to the substitutions. We've been moaning about doubling up, substituting in pairs, Dion and Vic coming off for Yon Daddy and Cameron Jerome. Um, and in the past, it's not really worked very well, has it? Um, it worked really, really well yesterday. Um, but I want to temper that and say that no disrespect to Carlisle, but they were mm. very poor. Very, very poor. Um, we can't get too carried away. However, <clears throat> it's that little bit of bit of a boost that we probably needed. Um, 
So I'll take it all day long. And you go away to anywhere and win 4-1, it's quality. So, yeah. It is indeed. Uh-huh. Obviously, goals coming in the 31st, the 36th, the 91st and the 97th minutes. We were certainly relentless in that pressure and uh, desire to go and get a goal. It didn't slow down towards the end of either half. Uh, what did you make of our, our desire to, to go and score and, and create chances, Ange? Because it definitely didn't seem to slow down the whole way throughout the game, did it? No. I mean, two really late goals there when job was pretty much done. Um didn't feel uncomfortable even when we went that goal down. I kind of you could feel you could feel a third one coming quite quickly after that. Um and I am really excited about that young man. <laughs> I'd better wow, what a what a debut, like two minutes after you come on for your debut and scoring a goal. I mean you can't ask for much more. He looked very lively and Carlos Mendes Gomez looked very lively when he came on. He looked really, really um sharp, I thought. Um and that's what I think what we've been missing a little bit with the substitutions in the past that it's just been a little bit but even even Jan and um Dan coming on, I think they they gave us a little bit of a lift and a boost and poor Jan's goal being disallowed as a bit of a kick in the knackers weren't it but it's just uh, it's just getting his getting his kind of confidence back up in front of goal I think bless him I've got a lot of I've got a lot of respect I, for Jan but I thought it was offside yesterday looking at it but you're either drawn to where the obviously where the play is and not centrally and it's amazing how how onside Dempsey was when he got that return ball and put it in at the front post, he was just, he wasn't even close, was it? He was, he was like five yards on side. That just, it, it just highlights how, how poor the official officiating is once again, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we, we can go on about it until we're blue in the first, can't we? But I mean, it's, I, I mean, how you can, how you can't see, you're looking, you're looking right on the line and it's like, yeah. it blows my mind, but. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it. Shocking. It does have to be said as well that their goal came from another questionable bit of officiating in which the the throwing, the, where, oh. the, where the ball went out of play and where the throw was, was taken, it was yards? a difference. Of what was that? 30, 20, 30 yards? None of us spotted spot it on the day, though. No, 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 no. no. I, I mean, was, I can't um... see that far. I struggle to see that far in the... In the first place, they my eyes on, but yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody noticed it as it happened, or very few. Um, yeah, they weren't much, they weren't much very, noise very around us at the time. I, I, the no. players were remonstrating about it, but after the event, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Never mind. Malk's put a comment on saying that plaudits to the fans as well. Obviously, Carl, we were in and amongst that atmosphere. It mm. was uh, it was a good atmosphere indeed. Do you, how, what did you make of it? And did you think that that helps spurs the players on that little bit more to get the job done? Um, plaudits to the numbers. I thought the atmosphere was all right when we scored when we scored our two late goals. I thought there was a bit of a realization when we went. When, it, when when they clawed the goal back, that you know we we, we they kind of needed us a little bit, so they were a bit of a flurry. But I didn't think. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an advocate of them type of stadiums anyway, which I'm, I'm not getting into. 
you know, because of my snob, snob, snobbiness towards one type of grounds. But when you've not got a roof, it kills it. Um, so yeah. it's, it was dead yesterday, to be honest with you, up until we scoring our, like they scored, like I said, but um, we rallied a little bit after that. Uh, but the numbers are fantastic once again. I mean, taking 3,000 up there in January, it's really good, really impressive. Um, we'll, we'll have a look at the attendances next season if we go up or when we go up and we're getting beat every other week, <laughs> let's see if they, let's see if they drop off. Cause I can, I can promise you they will. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Uh, and uh, just before we head over to Angie's fan zone, man of the match segment, we've of course got our all important message for our sponsors. <laughs> We would just like to say a huge thank you and a huge shout out to our sponsors for the 2023-24 season. If you want to find out any more about our sponsors, whether that's our headline sponsors, Eco Warm Windows, or our two audio sponsors in Sushma's Snacks and BBS Window Blinds, then if you head over to our website, which is www.thefanzonepod.co.uk, you can find out everything you need to over there. But... Following that, we will hand over to Ange now for her fan zone man of the match. Sorry, I'm just getting my specs ready. Um, I can't see, I'm dirty, I can't even see anything. Um, yeah, so unlike the last man of the match thing I had to do. I'm actually quite looking forward to this one because I think there'll be a few shouts. So as normal, if you want to put your vote in the chat, if you want to elaborate, feel free. Um, and then we'll see who wins our Man of the Match for this week. And we'll start with Benjamin this week. Ooh, Ooh uh, it's a tough one for me. That I think there's a, a, there's a, a lot of shouts in there. I think Zach was fantastic. Uh, all three of the midfield, I thought, were played to, to quite a high level. Um, for me, I think it's got to be Sheehan. Uh, I thought he orchestrated the midfield perfectly. I thought his uh, endeavour, his braveness, his ability to, to take us out of that press uh, and drive us up the pitch was 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 vital to us yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think without him that that game looks completely different. So for me, Josh Sheehan gets my uh, gets my Interesting. Shouts. Um, there's some shouts. Quite a lot of shouts in the chat for Josh Sheehan. Obviously, that that Bali for the for Ashworth goal was insane. Absolutely oh, mental. Um. And then we'll go to um, Colin next, please. Yeah, um, it's not. Um, correct me. I apologise, Laura, if if you 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 have been here before, but I, I think I've seen a, a new viewer in the chat, a girl called Laura. Um, oh, she's yeah. The she can't go to any more <laughs> to any more away games because we win or something. Right. Okay. Find her well, other comment. Find her other comment. Yeah. Thank you for commenting, Laura, in the chat. It's greatly appreciated. Obviously, the more people. Um, the better, and also Ian suggested uh, Ashworth as well. Um, yeah, so I- I'm going to choose Ashworth. I think he got a goal and an assist. Um, I think he's performed relatively well in recent weeks. 
um, especially against Luton in the Cup at home. I thought the fact that he's now having to compete with that seems to be a new fan favourite at left back, who's quite clearly got a lot of ability. I think that's going to that's upped his game a little bit. Um, I thought he took his goal very well, and I thought he was very good offensively as well as defensively. Um, so yeah, um, this Ashworth for me, I thought it was great yesterday. Mm. Brilliant, thanks, Carl. Um, Chris, go on. Who are you having? I'm going to go Zach Ashworth as well. I think um, for all the reasons that we've already heard and for also proving a lot of people wrong. I think maybe mm. me being one of them um, with his performance against Orient wasn't great. Um, but to respond to a new player coming in, as Cole said, who I think, I mean, I, I'm buzzing for him, but you again, you've got to temper it a little bit. It, it's very, very early days. He's played very, very few minutes. He got, I mean, to get a goal and to celebrate like that, I mean, it's just dream stuff, isn't it? It's, um, Chris, sorry to interrupt you, just on the celebrations, and I want to just, why she mentioned it, I wanted to bring it up. Obviously, after the game, Kyle Dempsey paid reference to the fact that he got quite a bit of stick. Did you see, did you happen to notice on a few occasions that our lads were celebrating with a lot of cup ears and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering because he's obviously got stick leading up to that game, and he got stick during and probably before it. Whether or not the lads in the dressing room have used that as a bit of fuel, and mm. Kyle's kind of instigated that because obviously the the, the a lot of them were oh, you say Ashworth did, did giving that, Harris yeah, yeah. were giving it afterwards oh, as well yeah, on the yeah. scores. And yeah. they were general, general kind of celebration, weren't it? Thought quite interesting. It might be something for those who watched it on Wanderers TV, um, as opposed to who were, who were at the game. Um, I know for sure. I mean, I watched the the Orient game. Um, no, I didn't. I might, I might watch the Orient game. <laughs> VPNs, um, aren't, VPNs aren't illegal, Chris. If you know right, watching, right, via, via a virtual <laughs> private network, so using legitimate means, obviously. Exactly. See, I go, I'm, obviously, I'm usually there, so it's very few times I've used it. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you got more from that in terms of like things that you don't see on the day when you when you're in the seats or on the terrace. So, if anybody picked up on that who watched on Wanderers TV yesterday, do let us know. But yeah, there was, I read a thread earlier slagging him and his dad off and all that. And it's like, oh, what? Um, there's obviously something there. Um, some fans were saying, no, it was only a few. These are Carlisle fans, I hasten to add. Oh, no, there was hardly anything. I don't know what he's moaning about. And then there were other Carlisle fans saying, well, I was stood there on in such and such a place in the ground and it was non-stop and they were giving it loads. I just, I just, I just thought it was interesting when it when a, lot, when a few of them were giving it giving yeah. it all the old, the old LR's juice type of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So it was but, quite, but if they did use it as, you know, as, yeah, as, get momentum, then, yeah, brilliant. They used it the right way. So, yeah. uh, but no, I thought, 
I thought both Zach Ashworth and Jack Ayuda were brilliant yesterday after a couple of re quite difficult games. Uh, I thought they responded really, really well. I think Jack Iredale, for me, is quite unfortunate to not get mentioned more mm. in, in terms of why we were successful yesterday. I thought it was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, my man of the match, Zach Ashworth, but Josh Sheehan was... Sublime. Unreal. He's so <laughs> good at football. The oh, thing is with that, with, with, with Sheehan yesterday and, and the midfielders in general... They didn't have to be at the best, really, to perform well because it was such a poor side, Carlisle. I don't want to put any 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 negative spin on the performance because they just they just played at the as you would expect, really. They just let um, us play. They just let us play. They didn't press us. They might have timed Josh on, on that ball before we played that pass in to Zach was ridiculous. It was yeah. the time yeah, and space it, he gave him is mental to let a player of that caliber. Yeah, absolutely. Put it this way, we've played two teams recently in Leighton Orient and Cheltenham who will almost certainly stay up over them yesterday. Then the, the performance. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Without so if that's what if that's what they're if that's what they're competing against, which evidently they are, then if I were a Carlisle fan, I'd be very, very worried. Yeah. But having said all that, they went up last season on a bottom half league two budget so i think they are ahead of their schedule aren't they? i think we were mentioned in the preview weren't it so yeah it was lee mentioned that the the yeah. lad from the brunton bugle he's very realistic about it expectations are that they will get relegated and they're already starting to rebuild for league two already they've had a yeah. pretty busy window um obviously standout signing being josh vella uh, well, I was going to say, Josh Vellas, it, 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 oh, it's not a Carlisle podcast. And I think someone said they're not worth mentioning. And I'm absolutely on board with that, David. But to the point, Vellas a very, very good League Two midfielder. If that's what the standard that they're going to try and attract. So no doubt they'll, they'll do well next season. Yeah. Uh, shall we get back to the point at hand? We're still on the one of the match section. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm mine. We use your man at match, Ange. So. I mean, Josh Sheehan yesterday was outstanding because he was allowed to play. We know he's that good. Um, I'd shout for Jack Ideale as well. I thought he had a great match. I think a yeah. couple of people thought Dacus Cogley had a good one, considering we've had some shaky performances from um, him of late. But for me, just because I just think he deserves it, and for every reason that both Chris and Colin said, it's Zach Ashworth. Good. I'm glad of that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that one, isn't it? Almost. Good. Not quite. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I Harry. think the chat, in general, the chat agrees. It's a Sheehan, yeah. Ashworth kind of, with a couple of Dempsey's thrown in, um, mix in the chat. First. Fantastic. Well, it is now time for uh, a very, very warmly received segment and we will hand over to you chris all right for your fan zone fan focus oh f cubed oh f f call it that um gotta say that that's Probably the shortest post-match analysis we've ever done. And we, we went away and spanked somebody 4-1 and played really well. 
And it's like, hang on a minute, that was over in no time. Story of my life. Um, anyway, as we move forward, uh, thank you again, everybody who contributed this week. Again, it, I know I repeat myself every time, but it just gets more and more busy and more and more diverse in terms of what we're asking and talking about, which is great. So we're going to kick off this week with um, a comment and a question from Matthew Pemrick, a.k.a. Hot Pants. Um, firing on all cylinders, says Matt. Was that our best midfield yesterday? Who does George Thomason replace when returning from suspension? So I've got my thoughts on that, but I'd like to throw that open to the panel, uh, starting with... Angela, thoughts? Oh, for me, and I've always said this, the midfield should be picked, it should be horses for courses. So you, yeah. you play the players that play best against the sort of team you're playing against. So I, I, I from yesterday, I couldn't replace anyone because no. they no. all, they were magnificent. They were magnificent three in the middle and... When's he back? So we miss his Barnsley and then he's back for Cambridge away. Is that right? Yeah, so you'll play Tuesday in, in, in Bristol. The but yeah, you're quite yeah. right. And two league games, the suspension. So for me, playing Cambridge away, meh, I might, I might, I, I may give. Oh, I don't know who a rest. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is it, is it? We've got Barnsley at home first, haven't we? Next Saturday, yeah, yeah, that's what we're saying. He's suspended for that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So, for me, I, I wouldn't, it's hardest for courses, and I think a little bit of rotation in midfield when needed isn't a bad thing. If mm. two of the, do you know what I mean? I just, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good, it's a good problem to have, isn't it? But oh, it's a brilliant one, of course, it is. What does everyone else think? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, I'll, I'll step in here, right? So, um, Carl Dempsey, uh, obviously yesterday played very well. Recently, he's not played very well. He's struggled since he's come back from injury. But if we try and cast our minds back a little bit to towards the start of the season, uh, he was arguably our best player. Um, and we were, we're all waxing lyrical about him week in, week out, how good he is. And he is still that good. And he is still that important to our team. Yes, they're a little informed, but as I said, that's the reason why. So for me, he starts every single week for me. I think he makes us tick. I think he links the midfield and the attack. He's, he's good defensively and offensively. He's, all, he's an all-around midfielder in, in, in our in our setup and our style of play. So he starts. Um, Josh Sheehan starts because he's probably yeah. the, the player of the season for me so far. And then George Thomason. So I, I, as much as I love Paris... Because the reason being, I think he's just too hot and cold against certain opposition. When he wants it, and when he's when he's up for it, yesterday, Luton at home, Luton away, sorry, best player on the pitch without a shadow of a doubt. Which generally he was yesterday as well. But um, yeah, the re that, for that reason, it's Thomason, she uh, Sheehan, and and Carl Dempsey for me as as the midfield three. Yeah. I think yeah. out of out of the whole squad, that's the most balanced three. That gives us the most well-rounded. Balance is the word I'm looking for. Forward. Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah. defensively. You know, you've got a three there that can do everything. You know, Josh Sheehan orchestrates everything. Just, Thomason just runs, doesn't stop. And Dempsey's that, that link clear, that we need. Sorry, just to be clear, seventh Sun Vision, and I think I know who that is. Um, I don't think anyone should be writing Thomason off just because he had a great game. Without him. We had a great game without him yesterday. There are games where we will be crying for him if he doesn't start. Agreed. Horses for courses. The thing is with him, the thing is with Thomason, the the, the biggest thing that he's missing from his game, I think, is goals. And and at the moment, without goals to his game, which he doesn't really offer us, he's probably the first player on the team sheet in the most part. Just imagine when he starts scoring from the field. Because I think... the The only two things to his game that are bookings. A, a bookings and lack of goals. He's got three goals this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. There will, become, there will come a time where, where he'll, 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 start, he'll start scoring pretty regularly from the field. And when that's the case, I mean... To be fair, he has got three goals. I mean, you look at Paris and everyone would think that Paris has got that. And he's only got one more on four. Yeah. And it's not like two he's of them contributed were anything. Fortunate. I think we're not saying... Just because we played well yesterday, we should not consider George Thomason or he shouldn't he's gonna to struggle to come back in. Um it's not the case, but I think it is, as Anne says, it's a an embarrassment of riches, it's a great problem to have, whatever you however you want to frame it. Um it is. It's a really, really good problem to have. Um, but for what it's worth, I do tend to agree. With Colin, Thomason, Sheen and Dempsey, aside from what Dempsey brings, which is a lot, he has been, he has seen a dip in form recently. He will come out of it. Again, as, God, Jesus Christ. As Colin quite rightly said, said that in twice in one minute. I won't be doing that. Wow. Um, <laughs> at, the start, <laughs> at the start of the season, he was a revelation and we were saying, what can we do without it? What, what would we do without him until obviously he had the, the back injury? So it, even if he didn't play very well, he's the only midfielder who wins headers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that attribute alone is sufficient yeah. to put him in there. But no, it is. It's a great. And where's that? And, and uh, our friend Mark asking here, Mr. Crowther, where's oh, Aaron Morley fitting into all of this? Oh, no. Wow. I think I think we've all I think I know probably us as fans have come to realise whether that that's unanimous with with Morley himself is that he's he's become an impact player because of the level that everybody else has yeah got to My coming planet. off the bench he's he's capable of doing that you know we've seen him transition because I think if you look at that midfield three as a whole he didn't really fit anywhere in in any of those roles he wasn't a no. ten going forward he's, he's slowly starting to pick up Sheehan's role as the eight and he's just not got the the physicality that, that Thomason would have just to run up and down all game yeah so I think once because Morley's still a young lad he's not he's not that old once he if he can pick up those traits of Sheehan's and start to which we've seen that he is doing start to, to take on that eight role then I think we're on to a winner with him I think because ultimately Sheehan will need a predecessor, and I think Everett will have in mind Aaron Morley as that as that predecessor, well, well, successor, whatever. Well, yeah. no, 
to be fair, either or predecessor or successor. Why, why, why do you say that? Do you, do you feel that he's going to be leaving or what? What's the script with that? No, but I mean, if you look at the age gap between both she and 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 Morley, you know, Morley's got considerably more time in the game. So I think I don't think Sheen will leave, but no. heaven forbid he gets injured. There's no one else that can play that eight. No one in the squad can play that eight. Mm, so no, whether it be right. he leaves, he gets injured, or, yeah. you know, you look at three years down the line where, you know, Sheen will be in his 30s and he might not be at the levels anymore mm. that are required, then you've got Morley who's capable of doing that. Because I've seen in the last few weeks where Morley's come on for Sheen and has started adopting some of those those traits and, and, and ways of playing that Sheen has. I think that's the... the I think it's... And, and you said it right at the very beginning. It's horses for courses, isn't it? And I think as well, yeah. when we do get promoted and we are having to adapt our game slightly to the opposition more often, then certain players will suit certain roles more than others. Mm. Um, you but know, there have been instances where Josh is that the kick shit, that the shit kicks out of him. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's literally like a pinball in the middle of the field. Well, it wasn't. So it's horses for courses. I wasn't necessarily just referring to that element, but I was mainly referring to, for example, some some games you might need somebody who's got that ability to be able to find that deep lining pass from, you know, 40, 50 yards, which arguably, against some teams, arguably, Morley's probably the best passer of the ball that we've got. You know, so like you said before, Ange, horses for courses, you know, you might need to play him where it's more important to do so. Yeah, it's a really interesting conundrum and quandary to have. So I don't envy Mr. Abbott in that respect. Um, difficult one, but he needs options. And he's. we've always said that the aim is to have two players for each position. So, And having uh, five subs is, is helpful. Yeah, it is. it is. It's only a couple of weeks ago that we were having to pad it out with goalkeepers and, and whatnot. So, and a couple of, yeah, a couple of B team players, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, our next point comes from Andrew Ashworth and a bit of Johnny Wanderer, um, which is the following Do we need to give Cameron Jerome a little bit more credit? Um, Influence and experience had an impact on the result yesterday. The game did change and coincided with the introduction of those two. Um, I'm going to go straight in with my theory because I think I owe Cameron Jerome one. Um, he's done it a couple of times. He did it at Wickham. He did it yesterday. He's done it a couple of times outside of that. Um I think he does more than we give him credit for in the sense that it's probably stuff that we don't see as average Joes and Joannes on the terrace. And we know a bit about the game, but we don't know that much. Um, he does have a an impact. I think the way I see it, based on my basic understanding, is that You've got Victor and Dion who are pulling you all over the place, stretching the defensive line for 65, 70 minutes, tiring teams out, and then you get a whole different dimension of player, a whole different type of player, a whole different type of problem with Jerome and Bod Varson. And I saw a comment on Twitter earlier about Bod Varson saying he's useless. 
and what planet you're on, whoever said that, give your head a wobble. Wouldn't it be good if we could do it the other way around, though, from time to time? Start with them two, give them a bit of physical... Um, I, I, and, I then, think, and then flip it around and stretch the, the team. I think it could confuse teams, but I think <laughs> yeah. be, be, based on what... How I, how I understand it, which may be completely wrong, it wouldn't have the same effect because they will not, obviously, tire out opposition defences and as, as Dion and Victor would. Because they're relentless yeah, and they're getting the body in there and they're just being a, a general pain in the backside for 70 minutes. Um, so, no, I thought, I think it's a really good point from Andrew and Johnny uh, to mention that I think we do need to give them more, more credit than we do. Um, Angela, what's, oh, Collins had enough. Um, yes, Brandon. Bod Barton did create two of the goals and some of it was through movement versus anything else. Um, and Jerome, obviously Jerome stepped over the cross for Ogbetta to walk on to that beautiful finish. Um, I, thought they were, I thought they were excellent when they came on and I'll say when they've not been and I have done in the past. So maybe we do need to start realising that there is something in it. Ange, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think we're all guilty of we don't see everything like you said. And I think Leslie's put a comment in about he was on the sidelines first half, kind of cheering them all on. And oh, sorry, um, oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's me. Sorry, I was trying to click on it, and Ben already clicked on it. That's my Wi Fi. We needed to get that comment on very quickly. Um, and you know what? They've all bring something in. I will never slate a Bolton Wonders player. I will I'll critique, but I will never slate somebody who puts on that shirt that I've got a Bolton Wonders badge on. It's not my style. It's not. I don't think it's productive in any way. No, no. Um. So I, I, he was great yesterday. I enjoyed watching him yesterday. I think. Can we just read out those two comments, please, Ben? They, they came and went, obviously, for the purpose of Absolutely. Spotify and Leslie Apple. has said uh, he was so good yesterday. In the first half, he was on the sidelines, urging the players on and actually coaching them. I can now say, see why he gets picked. He just needs to try and shut people up and get a few goals. Uh, and Seventh Son Vision has added a comment on, and he said, just because he doesn't score doesn't mean he doesn't make an impact. He draws players out because of his career. He is still seen as a threat. And I think for, for Wanderers as a whole, it's not a, an unfamiliar story having a forward that doesn't always necessarily find the back of the net, but offers something much more uh, valuable. Well, not perhaps more valuable, but some, offers something that is invaluable in terms of experience uh, and, and professionalism. Uh, so, yeah. He's the biggest cheerleader. When he's not playing, he's that team's biggest cheerleader. Yeah. He runs the length of the score. I, I, it's 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 passion and it's professionalism, and you can't knock it. I agree, Colin. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I I think you you all know my thoughts on Cameron Jerome and what he offers, and what I've been saying about the the bloke for a, a good while now. Um, he, I don't know whether people even notice it, but. You know, we all we all discuss the fact that he doesn't tend to come on the pitch until 70, 80 mm. minutes generally. But what you will notice is he's often warming up long before he's due to come onto the pitch. Now, mm. that's not just because he's older and he stretches limbs more. There might be an element of that. 
but he's also coaching and and talking and speaking to the 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 guys on the pitch whilst he's warming up. And now people might think that that's a given, but people are gonna players are gonna listen to him. Um, not only de- offensively but defensively as well because he knows how to play up front and he's got the experienced player up front so he's guiding and advising the defenders how to mm. deal with players do you get what I mean um, but also there's no coincidence that Dion Charles and Victor de Baezio are better forwards this season than they were previously um, back to goal especially when it comes to Victor and, and Dion's ability to score goals is better now than it's been previously for us. It's because they're learning off off a more experienced senior professional that's got more you know understanding about to play the game at the top level in his little finger than any of our team have got, or mm. probably ever would ever hope to have. Because let's be honest, none of our lot are going to play in the Premier League, or very very unlikely that they will. You know, maybe Nathan Baxter, Thomason, two to come to the top of my head. He's mm. done it. He's seen it, done it, got the T-shirt, you know, mm-hmm. been, been one of the, yeah, one. Of, he's got he's got more experience than we could, than any of our lads can probably ever hope for. So yeah. he's, he's critical. To, he's critical to our squad. Andy Gilly Banks says, "Don't think we'll he'll get a new contract, but would you keep Cameron Jerome?" Absolutely. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I there's guess something it was already a given, weren't it? I think that was already. A part of his contract that he will eventually move on into the the backroom staff, wasn't yeah. it? Well, I hope so. <laughs> really do hope so. Certainly yeah. makes sense for the club. I mean, you can see he's got wealth of experience already, and he's already taken on that coaching role. You said it before. You can see him on the sidelines. He's he's you know a cheerleader, and that's what you yeah. need. You need players. If any, that can do honestly, that. like I, I noticed it yesterday, but next time we're we're playing and be at home or on Tuesday at Blackpool, just. Watch him warm, warm up on the side and watching what how often he's speaking to the, our fullback or our you know midfielders or our defenders. He's yeah. on he's on them all the time, just as much as ever. Yeah. Probably more. Because he can get closer, can't like he? To, yeah. uh, to add that this evening there's been sixty three of you at the at peak watching along tonight. So thank you. Huge, thank you. <laughs> to uh, each and every one of you. The chat's been really busy. Thank you all very much for watching and we uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Thank you. Wow. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's spikes when I do my bit. We've actually lost 13 people since you started. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's more like <laughs> it. Um, and then we're just going to finish on a couple of little bits. So the, these aren't sort of like broad conversation pieces just really little bits we don't deal with foot with transfer speculation um because we just don't it's not that I wish, podcast well, i wish we knew what we're we going on <laughs> but we don't know anything sorry um but however one which has made the press um and the media and has been got Given a lot of uh, exposure in the last 24 hours is the rumours around Aaron Collins from Bristol Rovers, Mark Weaver and all things BWSC. Thank you for raising this. Um, seemingly, we've had a bid of £600,000 turned down by Bristol Rovers who were holding out for a million quid. I seem to remember Joey Barton valued him at £5 million, so <laughs> if we get for a million or six hundred grand, we get a good deal by the sound of it. Yeah. He's not mad at all, is he? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what do we think? I all I know about him, just to 
say my piece is that he had an excellent season for Bristol Rovers last. He's still had a decent season this season, despite some distractions seemingly in terms of contractual whatevers. Um, but I don't really know much about him. So if anybody oh, can oh, educate me. 26. Yes, he's 26 years of age. Uh, this season, so far in 36 games, he's had five goals and eight assists in League One. And oh, wow. last That's season, I think he recorded 16 goals and 11 assists in 53 games for Bristol Rovers. And he's never uh, played above League One. No, no, never, never. He came through the ranks at Wolverhampton. Uh, so he came through their youth set up and then moved on to Newport as a, as a young lad. Uh, and then has since made his way through the football pyramid and has, has obviously recently with Bristol Rovers. Predominantly uh, can play as a left winger, but can also play as a, a up top as a forward, uh, likely probably as a 10. Um, but, I mean, his stats for those of you that are interested in that, are relatively good. Um, he started 23 matches this season with uh, with Bristol Rovers. Played a, a hell of a lot of minutes. Uh, and if you look at his stats per 90 or as total compared to other players in his position in the league, he's uh, he's in the top top end for, for most of them. All of his shooting stats are are up there his passing stats are good uh in possession and out of possession he's uh his stats uh are up there mm. david says league one player of the season last season brandon tells us it's 35 goals in 118 games um joshua also mentioned something he referred to aaron collins earlier so just like to give him a mention as well Ooh. Is he? Well, um, is there a Josh Sheen link though? The Newport thing, or am I barking up the wrong the wrong tree there with that? Because he's a Welsh lad, isn't he? I don't know. Did he? Yeah. Did he yeah, play so... at the same time? He was at Newport, wasn't he? Aaron was at um, Newport from 2014 to 2016. He then went out uh, and about no. to to a no. few different clubs, and he was there at 27 uh, and 2018. Uh, and I think. Oh. Might have been the same time as Josh. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll try and check for you. That 2018 rings about with Josh yeah, Sheen. Yeah, it, it will was. be. So Josh Sheen was there from 2016 till 2021. Um, started off with a loan spell and then eventually, for, for obviously, a permanent deal there. So I, I yeah, don't know whether that's that the same time. A, I don't even know whether that's even a thing, but you know, it's just, you know. It's, it's noticeable with a couple of lads, though. We've seen it yeah. a, a number of times yeah. with lads that have played with each other That's at different levels. Happening, isn't it? No, I'll get my shirt printed then. <laughs> Collins, number... Dion can have a different number. Collins, 10 for me. There we go. Jobs are good, and ladies and gentlemen. Um, what I'd so say... Some blue smoke coming soon. Mm. It's an interesting one. I think that's... Andrew makes a good point, you know. I'm not an advocate of assigning lower league players if we want to progress into the championship because for me, that's going to be our biggest hurdle. I were having a conversation with Chris Burton yesterday on the way back from um, from Carlisle and he made a, very, a few very good points about our players. You know, are they? I'm not going to. Re- I'm going to reserve judgment on a lot of them as to how good they are until they play in the championship and they're playing against better players because that's the level minimum level that we should be at as a football club minimum. And I'm absolutely on board with that. However, as 
Chris Markham and Ian Everett have done on several occasions in the past. They, they do recruit recruit very, very well, don't they? So we have I was to just going to say... We have to reserve judgment, don't we, really? Yeah, I agreed with it last night when you were talking about it in the car, but now Chris isn't sat next to me and he's bigger than me. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to disagree with it, so I have that burden. Um, but... The, the, the Next time he sees Chris, he'll be like, oh, are you Chris? Oh, are you really? You've got to look at it from the, the opposite. And yeah, of course it is. And, and we've seen it with Magoma. We've seen it with Ogbetter a little bit. I mean, he played five minutes, for God's sake. But <laughs> that's 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 what a five, though. What a five. What a five. It does get you excited when you bring down a league or a couple of leagues if it be a Premier League low knee signing. However, when we're thinking about the whole ethos of sustainability and money ball, mm. the whole emphasis is on data, shrewd coaching, pulling yeah. in players from lower league, leagues abroad, lower league, yeah. and bringing them through, picking them up for nothing, and then establishing value in that player by improving them. And I think that that although is the model. That goes, although that goes against the grain, there is absolutely no reason why you can't do that and be successful. Brighton have done it, and they do it consistently at the top level. Yeah. They don't go yeah. out and sign players that play in the Premier League or the top yeah. divisions in Germany, France, or wherever. They go and sign yeah. players that no one have ever heard of, and they play in Europe. There's no reason why. I'm not saying we're going to do the exact Brentford. same. Brentford are the but, same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. There's there's no reason why we can't can't Just do that. I'll say this. Model. I'll say I'll say this on it. If, if, if having seen us play in the Premier League, having seen us get relegated to fourth division by Aldershot, um, for that matter, if we go back to the Premier League, I'd like to see that on the basis of more of a, a money ball ethos than a load of money at it. So I mean, obviously that'll come from the Swiss investors or another investor that may come in if we get promoted or whatever. I'd rather that we did it the right way. And I know that is, you know, it's a tall order and it's asking a lot, but that's the way I'd like us to like us to do it. Um, and this, but, this, this lad will be looking at as a 26 year old, but he's got the capabilities to play in the championship, and that's why they're signing. Yeah, be interesting. I have to say, when I saw his name mentioned. I've told you all I know about him. It took me about 30 seconds, but <laughs> it did get me excited um, as, a, as a prospect for Bolton Wanderers, knowing what he's done at Bristol Rovers in the last two seasons. So that says it all for me. So mm. let's see what happens this week. Um, Brandon makes a very good point here. Um, Brandon yeah. says, I think we need investment from Eco One Windows. <laughs> Not going to happen, Brandon. They sponsor the podcast. They're fully committed. Yeah. Not, not going to it's, happen. It's, it's a long yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 tied him down. It's not going anywhere. Um, and finally, from Johnny Wanderer, I love I love giving him a mention because he's brought me so much joy, and I'm sure he's brought loads of you lot loads of joy with his old comms. Hang on a minute. When did you do the last one? Pretty, How long pretty. ago was it, Johnny? I think we're overdue, aren't we, mate? Well overdue. <laughs> well overdue. Well overdue. Anyway, jo Johnny says, Josh Keane, controlling the game or controlling games like a prime Barry Bannon. You know what? I think it's unfair because, for me... So much better than Barry Bannon. 
he's so much better than Barry Bannon. No, he isn't. I'm going to throw it out there. He, he is. is. No, he isn't. Anyway, on that sorry. bombshell, that's I'll probably for this evening. Tell us for that, but he's not. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll he see will next be. season. He's won't a we? similar player. We'll see next season. He's a similar player, but if he, 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 Josh has a half the career that Bannon's had in terms of playing at a higher level for as long as he did, then he'll be happy, won't he? Leslie Davis, he's better. Bannon <laughs> <laughs> scores more goals than she had He's class. No, no, listen, I'm, I'm sure there won't be any Wednesday fans listening to a pod about Carlisle versus Bolton Wanderers. But if you are, I'm only joking. Josh Sheen's a lot better than Barry Bannon. No, just a bit there. <laughs> Any road, that's me done. So thank you all again for all your input this week. It, it's 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 mint. It really is. Thank you so much. Keep it coming. And um, yeah, there'll be another triple F next week. Be sure to tell us things that you enjoy or don't enjoy i've said it before in the past like we want to try and improve this as best we possibly can and i'm not just i hopefully not just speaking for myself but no god no everybody else as well like if, if you think you think things that can be done better or differently or you know what we do well let, let us know and we're all ears absolutely um, and a huge badly. huge thank you to every single one of you that's tuned in tonight we really appreciate your support. It's been fantastic. Uh, the I last couple think, of weeks have been phenomenal. I think that's a record for live viewers. I love a three-point pod. Including <laughs> when we've had guests on, when we've had like royalty like Sir Gethin of Jones. The pod should sponsor a player. We don't make any money, Liam. <laughs> yeah, Liam. That's how you are. If any uh, Swiss investors would like to uh, facilitate that, then we'd be massively yeah, appreciated. Yeah, chuck a bit of cash. Until that happens, I'm not yeah. sure about that one. <laughs> Thank you all very much for watching. Take care. And until the next one, have a good one. See you later. Draw. Johnny Whites.